Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, the podcast that empowers you to say fuck being fine. Tired of being stuck in a place where you say everything's fine, when it's really not fine at all? You're not alone. I'm your host, Lori Seitz. I've been there too, and so have my guests. Here's a secret. All it takes is a conscious decision to change and then restructure beliefs so your actions take you in the right direction. That's where Fine is a Four-Letter Word comes in. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories from people who have transformed their lives and businesses and practical tips and takeaways to move you from spinning in place to forward action so you can create a life of joy. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. I'm super excited to record this end-of-the-year episode on change, control, and courage. Let's talk about control and change because as humans, we want to control everything, right? Our circumstances, outcomes, the weather, other people, our entire world. But the truth is, control is an illusion. We're going to get into that as well as how to feel more comfortable with change because you've heard the expression that the only buddy, the only buddy, the only, the only one who likes change is a wet baby. And then courage, which I've had a lot of experience with this past year as I am living nomad life and hearing from so many people that they're watching what I'm doing and, and telling me I'm courageous. And I am just as courageous as the next person. You have the opportunity to be equally courageous. So, and I'm going to also give you some, uh, some recap of some of the best of past episodes from the past year, because I've had some amazing guests. I mean, really, every single one of my guests is amazing. I wouldn't bring them on the show if I didn't think they had some kind of awesome story to share and something that you could learn from or at least be interested in, find interesting. So uh, let's jump right in and and talk about, first of all, identifying the need for change. Because people talk about, I need to change my life. But what is it that is inspiring you to feel like you need to change? And so there are a bunch of signs and signals that might indicate you need a change in your life. And if you don't need a change in your life, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's almost like if you don't need a change in your life, there must be something wrong with you, like you're just blind and you can't see it. But if you don't feel like you need change, that's okay too, all right? Let's just, wherever you are is perfectly fine, right? Fine. It's perfectly good. There's nothing wrong with where you are now. And whether you like it or don't like it, it's your starting point. All right, so persistent dissatisfaction. If you're feeling constantly and consistently unfulfilled in aspects of your life, whether it's work or relationships or personal pursuits, you know, we're all going to feel uncomfortable at some point. Like there's not happiness 24-7, but if it's an ongoing lingering dissatisfaction that just keeps hanging on. That's a sign you might need some change. Um, If you're experiencing a noticeable decline in your motivation or your passion for activities that 
in the past were really fun and really meaningful for you and they no longer are. Maybe you need to make a change. Physical and emotional exhaustion. You know, it's hard to figure out, are you physically and emotionally exhausted because you're not sleeping? And then why aren't you sleeping? Uh, You know, where are these this exhaust, where is this exhaust, exhaustion coming from? And if it's from consistent and persistent stress, burnout, uh, things that impact your daily functioning, it's time to take a look at that. Health issues. This is a big one. A lot of my friends around um, in the past year, myself included, and I'm not going to get into any uh, any of the details, but health issues have come up for a lot of people. And I don't want to say, you know, we're reaching an age where it's not necessarily expected, but it is a time when if you've been ignoring things and you haven't been sleeping well and you haven't been eating healthfully and you haven't been giving yourself downtime, things are going to start showing up now because it's an accumulation over the years. You can get away with it maybe a little bit more when you're younger. Your body can bounce back faster. And now, that lack of attention is starting to show up in health issues, in physical or mental or both. And again, that's an indication. It is really nothing more than an indication that something needs to change. Strained relationships, consistent conflicts in personal relationships or even in business relationships, uh, that's a sign that something needs to change. If you're not getting enough time to put in or dedicate to uh, personal development and growth and you're feeling stagnant, you're recognizing that you're not uh, challenging your mind, something needs to change there. Financial stress. If you are facing consistent difficulties in that area, that's going to negatively impact your overall quality of life. And uh, again, something needs to change. Remember when we were in school and those kids who would just sit and daydream all the time, they got reprimanded for not paying attention. If you are consistently daydreaming now and you can't focus on what your, your task at hand and you're daydreaming about change, uh, might be an indication you actually need to step into some change. Maybe a different job, a different light, you know, different um, set of circumstances. And that's something that you can control. We started out talking about how we want to control everything. Changing your circumstances is something that you can control. If you're feeling a lot of boredom or apathy, you're comparing yourselves to others all the time. You know what? This is so easy to do with the advent of social media. It's really easy to look at what everybody else is putting out there and say, oh, my life is nothing compared to all of my friends or all of my co- colleagues. Keep in mind here that what they're putting out is like the epitome of their best day and you're comparing it to the epitome of your worst day. And it's not a fair comparison. However, all of these things, when you're looking at them, are indications of the direction that you might want to go. Comparison to others, oh, look at them. They're on vacation all the time. That must be nice. Well, that's an indication that perhaps you should look at 
finding a way to put yourself on vacation more, to schedule in more downtime and more vacation for yourself and figure out a way how you can do it. We're going to get to that a little bit more in a moment. So those are a bunch of re- a bunch of uh, qualifiers for why or how you might recognize that you need to change. And maybe you don't ha- need to- any qualifiers. You just know that you're tired of living as you've been living and something needs to change. So why haven't you changed already? Why? What is, what is holding you back? I'll tell you what's holding you back. Do you know? If you don't know, I'll tell you right now. It's fear. It's fear and resistance to change is what holds people back from making significant life changes. It's a fear of the unknown. Humans tend to find comfort in what's familiar because it provides a sense of predictability and safety, and our minds love that. The unknown triggers a fear response as the brain perceives it as a potential threat. So that fear of uncertainty can paralyze you and prevent you from taking any steps towards change, even small ones, even if your current situation is less than ideal. The second common fear is called loss of a uh, loss loss aversion. All right. So you're people are generally more likely to move away from loss than they are to move toward gain. So if you had an equal shot, 50-50 chance of losing $100 as gaining $100. Let's say I go, I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, you lose $100. If it's tails, you win $100. Most people will not take that bet because they are more afraid of losing the money than they are excited about the potential for gaining it, even though the percent chance, the odds are equal. Does that make sense? Most people are more scared of losing. So they fear losing stability or relationships or familiar routine. And so they're not willing to take that quote unquote risk, even when the benefits are right there in front of them. They can see them, but they won't do it because they're afraid of losing what they already have. Uh, the the next one is called cognitive dissonance. That's a, a fancy way of saying that when you have conflicting beliefs or attitudes and change is challenging your existing beliefs about yourself or about the world, it causes some kind of internal tension. So you have a belief and you want to make a change, but that change is going to require you to believe something different. It's going to require you to have a different outlook on the world or on your life. Again, that's uncomfortable. Now I have to change my beliefs. Those are very deep-seated and uh, long-held things. And, And so we hold on to them even more. Like, well, I've always had that. How can I change my idea? How can I change my belief? It's always been, it's a part of who I am. It becomes part of your identity. 
what if you could change that belief and you could let go of it so that you could step into who you could become? Talk a little bit more about that in a moment as well. Social and cultural conditioning. Humans are social beings and we want to be part of the tribe. And so if society or your cultural norms tell you that what you want to do doesn't make sense or that you have a chance of getting kicked out of the tribe, if you do that because it goes against cultural or social expectations, you're going to not do it. You're going to have that fear of being judged and rejected. And that creates resistance to change. The last one is loss of control, right? We have that sense, that need to feel like we are in control. It's a fundamental aspect of human psychology. And change often involves relinquishing control over a situation which might lead you to feel vulnerable and anxious. That fear of losing control steps in and prevents you from making change. A lot, there's, there's a lot of studies that have been done that show that people would prefer to stay in a less than ideal situation where they feel like they're in control, which is an illusion. They're not really, but it, they feel like they are. They will stay in that situation rather than face uncertainties that come with change. It's why people will stay in relationships, stay in jobs, stay in geographic areas where they they no longer uh, feel comfortable, but it feels familiar. And so that's, I think, part of the reason why people are so intrigued, again, by nomad life and the fact that I'm doing it because I left everything that was comfortable and familiar to step into something that's completely unknown. I don't know where I'm going to be sleeping after the middle of January. (laughs) I have plans up until then. After that, I don't know where I'm going. And that makes people very uncomfortable. So what you can't control, let's go back to that for a moment, because this is an end of the year episode. I wanted to say this earlier, and this is a time when people are talking about goals and resolutions and turning a new page and wanting to control, set goals that they have control over. So what you can't control is all of the above mentioned things that I I mentioned at the top of the, the episode, which is circumstances, outcomes, the weather, other people, our entire world. You cannot control what other people do. You can't control how much uh, how much weight you release, okay? I'm talking about weight because that's often a, a New Year's resolution for people to lose weight or reduce their weight or release their weight, however you want to say it. You, you can't control that. Before you argue, I will get to that in a moment, okay? You can't control how many clients you get. A lot of my my clients, my peers, my colleagues were are entrepreneurs and are talking about how much more revenue they'd like to generate in the new year, how many more clients they're going to get. You can't control that. You can't control who loves you. You can't control what other people do or say. Here's what you can control. You can control your thoughts 
You can control what you think about and you can control the actions you take. And that is all. You can have influence over the outcomes, but you cannot control the actual outcome. And this is where people tend to get confused. The thoughts you think and the actions you take will influence the outcomes or experiences you have. So when we're talking about setting goals or intentions for the new year, your control, I'm putting that in quotes, your control comes really in the actions that you're taking, in really deciding what actions you'll commit to taking. Here's what that looks like. Let's say you'd like to reduce your weight. What you can control is learning what foods your body likes and doesn't like. You can control choosing which foods you choose to eat. You can control choosing which supplements to take to support your body. You can control choosing which workouts to do and how often and where. You can control choosing what you'll do when you're faced with an eating situation in a restaurant or any other challenging situation. You can control how you feel about what to sacrifice in exchange. Like instead of sitting on the couch watching Netflix and eating chips, you'll go for a walk after dinner and enjoy one square of dark chocolate when you get back. You can control those, uh, you know, choosing to sacrifice sitting on the couch in exchange for taking a walk. You can control how you choose to feel about those choices that you're making. Are you understanding what you can control? So when you're setting your goals or your resolutions or however you want to define it, it needs to be in the steps, the things that you can control. And all of those choices that I just mentioned will lead to a reduction in weight potentially but you can't control how many pounds come off. You can only control those actions that you take to get there. And you have to trust that by taking those actions, the end result will be what you would like it to be. But we don't have control over the end result. Does that make sense? If I want to have more sales in the coming year, I can't control how many people buy the Stay in Calm and Chaos program or how many people sign up for the Fuck Being Fine group program. What I can control is how many people I, how many ads I run or how many people I reach out to to talk to, how many, um, how many appointments I make to book speaking engagements. Again, the the piece is it's subtle difference, but it's an important one. All right. Now, what are the negative consequences of trying to control everything? Because we, again, we have this illusion that we have more control than we really do. The negative consequences are increased stress and anxiety. That constant need for control leads to more stress, more anxiety, and inability to predict or control your outcomes leaves you in a perpetual state of worry. Can you relate to this? Is this how you've spent the past year or years? Burnout, trying to control every detail leads to exhaustion and burnout because there's so much mental and emotional energy that has to go into 
trying to control everything and that fear of failing or having unexpected events happen, which means you're in a constant state of hypervigilance. The, your relationships, we were talking about strained relationships. When you're trying to control everything and project your expectations onto others and they have their own expectations, there's conflict. And then people feel like you're trying to manipulate them and that leads to resentment and, a, and some distancing. So that causes strained relationships. What about missed opportunities? You're trying to control everything. You, you're not open to what could be coming to you because you're only seeing with blinders on, this is what I got to do. This is where I'm going. This is what I... So you're, you're not open to new opportunities and you can miss out on a lot. That, and when you have an unwillingness to delegate tasks, a lot of people, again, want to maintain control over everything. So I'm just going to do it all. It, it can limit your personal and professional professional growth. Perfectionism. Man, I, I have to say, I am, I think I'm a recovering perfectionist. I used to have to have everything be perfect. And just today, a friend texted me and said, hey, you know, you sent out your newsletter and I'm looking at it on the mobile version and the pictures are covering up some of the words. And I said, I know, I, I didn't know how to fix it. I knew that was an issue before I sent it out and I didn't know how to fix it. And I figured it was better to send it out and have it be done than be perfect. Because if it, if I was trying to get it perfect and I couldn't figure out how to make the pictures not cover up a couple of words, I, it wouldn't have gone out. Better that it goes out and it has this mistake. So that let go of that need for absolute perfectionism because... It sets unrealistic high standards for yourself and for everybody around you. It makes it really hard to adapt to what is because you're so focused on what you would like it to be. And it's not that. But what if what is is equally or even better than what you were expecting? You know, when you're in this control mode, and you have such a fear of making mistakes, it can lead to decision paralysis. You see this a lot of times. People are are over-controlling and they can't analyze the situation very well. And so they either make poor decisions or they avoid making decisions altogether. And again, I always think of that Rush song of if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Again, you're going to start seeing more and more health issues. Chronic stress associated with attempting to control everything contributes to a whole range of health issues. Cardiovascular problems, weakened immune systems, sleep disorders, all of that. And of course, if you're not in good health, you're not going to be creative and innovative because you are resistant to new ideas or unconventional approaches. When you can embrace that uncertainty, that's a crucial aspect in creative thinking and problem solving. And lastly, you're going to see a, a, you're not enjoying the present moment. You're constantly worrying about the future or trying to control what happened in the past, which is completely impossible because the past is the past. So there's no changing it. And 
that constant worry about the future robs you of today. You've heard all of this stuff before, right? So let's talk about what you can influence, right? Because we, as I mentioned earlier, it's just about where can you have influence? It's not control, it's influence. And those are subtly different things. I'm not switching out the word influence instead of the word control and calling it like just switching words. It's not semantics because influence is is different. It's more subtle. There's less of a chokehold on things. It's It's more like, hey, let me make a suggestion to you as opposed to you're doing it wrong. Here's the way you need to do it. Let me show you. Have you ever considered? That's influence. So in the past year, however many episodes that was, 40 something maybe, we had a lot of stories of people who were who chose or were forced to surrender control and found the courage to make big life changes. Dave Hauser, in January of last year, talked about finding the courage to leave a career that was no longer fulfilling, even though he was good at it and he had been doing it forever. And he left that career. He ended up leaving his marriage. Everything in his world changed, but he had to find the courage to do it. Joe Kelly has an incredible story of control and courage. He was a police officer who ended up burned out, drug addicted, and serving jail time before finding the courage to choose a different path. People had been offering him the opportunity to choose a different path before he got into all the trouble. He chose not to take it. And then once everything burned to the ground, he saw how he could now accept and find the courage to take that different path. Bridget Baker hid who she was for years after being bullied when she was in school. And it wasn't until recently, now well into her 50s, that she's chosen to courageously come out and share her gifts with the world. Shelly Paxton, she was the former CMO of Harley-Davidson. And she wrote a book called Soul Badical. That's how I found her and invited her on the show. When her overwhelming stress level pushed every aspect of her health over the edge, she had to. She was forced to relinquish control and find the courage to leave her career at the pinnacle, even when everyone around her thought that was an insane move. She decided, in her words, to rebel for what she wanted in life rather than against what she didn't want. In one of my favorite episodes of the year, Leland Holgate, shares the extraordinary courage he mustered to regain full use of his body after a boating accident left him quadriplegic. He had said those first three days that he was in the hospital, he was begging his buddies to kill him. Like he just, he was done. And something happened. I asked him in the episode, and you can listen to it to find out what it was. Something happened that triggered him to say to after three days to say, no, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you. And I'm going to regain full use of my arms and legs and the rest of my body. 
And that's what he did. After habitually working high-stress 70-hour weeks, Debbie Keevan had to find the courage to take a two-year sabbatical to take care of herself and her son, who was diagnosed with autism. Chad Jackman. The inability to control his circumstances caused him to come within seconds of taking his own life. But in that instant, he heard something that gave him the courage to stop and change direction. In another unbelievable episode, Grant Muller talks about the extreme measures he took in response to not feeling in control and the wild wild ride his life became. Equally unbelievable is what happened once he stepped into taking responsibility for what he could control. And Jason Seiden's story covers his complete surrender in the aftermath of the ultimate heartbreak, the suicide of his 15-year-old daughter. He realized it was a call for him to step into courage and become a positive force for change. All of these people had to learn to loosen the reins and let go of the illusion of control. They had to embrace uncertainty and lean into the not knowing what comes next. As I said, I'm out here on this nomad journey. As I'm recording this, I'm on my last scheduled cat sit. I know I'm heading to Florida to visit friends and visit my dad in the first few weeks of the new year. I have no idea what happens after that. Not going to lie. It's a little unnerving. It's not like I don't get scared. I do. But there's also a sense of freedom and being open to possibilities and taking just the one next step without seeing 10 more after that. Because the truth is, even when you think you know what the next 10 steps are, it's highly likely life is going to step in and throw you a curveball and fuck up all your plans. Even if it's not as dramatic as some of the guests I just mentioned, the universe's plan for you is way more expansive than what you can come up with on your own. And so it's a matter of being open to what's there, to, to what's waiting for you. All right, let's get into some practical strategies and tips for managing and overcoming this need, this overwhelming need that a lot of us feel to control and the fear that comes with not being able to. Number one, focus on your breathing for 90 seconds. 90 seconds is not a very long time. 90 seconds, three minutes, Whatever it is, there's research that shows that a a meditation, and I'm putting that in air quotes too, of three minutes has beneficial effects on your entire body and mind. So if you just sit with your feet on the floor or lying down, close your eyes, focus on breathing in really deeply and breathing out and letting all of the air out and focus on breathing in deeply for 90 seconds to three minutes. So that's 90 seconds to 180 seconds. And see what happens. See how more relaxed you just feel in just doing that. You can listen to a guided meditation. You could do yoga. Visualize successful outcomes because the question, what if it works? is not asked enough. The more common question is what? Oh my God, what if it doesn't work? 
What if everything falls apart? What if I get kicked out of my tribe? What if this? What if that? Like all the horror, the bad things that can happen. And going back to that coin flip, the chances, actually the odds of a positive outcome are not 50-50. The odds are actually way higher in favor of a positive outcome. But we've been so conditioned to think, oh my God, what if it doesn't work? That that seems, the odds seem a lot higher on that side. And the truth is the odds are much higher for a successful outcome. So the question then becomes, what if it works? What happens then? Make a list of what happens if it does work. Or even better, make a list of what happens when it does work. Focus on the potential benefits of the change instead of looking at the closed door. We tend, again, we look at what, the door that's closing behind us, the thing we're stepping away from. And we look at it and look at like, oh, that's the, the only thing I have. And yet there are five open windows or new doors in front of you that you're not seeing because you're too busy looking behind you at the closed door. Create a plan with bite-sized pieces so it's not overwhelming. This is what I love doing with my clients because I think a lot of people tend to create, the, okay, all right, good. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to create all these big plans and they're good in theory, but then when it comes down to practical application, it's too broad. It's not detailed enough or it's so big and overwhelming that it's challenging to find where to even take the first bite. So create bite-sized pieces. Celebrate small victories along the way. My word for 2023 was celebrate. Celebrate those small victories. Nothing is too small to celebrate because the more you celebrate what you have to celebrate, those small steps, the more the universe brings you to celebrate. It's a perpetuating cycle of of celebration and happiness. (laughs) Redefine the term failure. What does that mean? We've talked about this in past episodes. Failure. Failure simply comes down to not getting the outcome you expected. Maybe you got a lesson instead. But it doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It doesn't mean you're incompetent. It doesn't mean you have no worth. It means you miss calculated or you calculated perfectly fine, but circumstances changed or whatever it was, you didn't get the outcome you expected. That's all. That's all. It's not tragic. And lastly, find a support system, whether it's a therapist or a coach or a trusted friend. This is how you overcome fear. You have a support system who is there to going back to celebrate, celebrate with you when you get those wins and support you when things don't go as you expected. I cannot overemphasize the importance of having a support system during times of change. When I look at friends and clients and colleagues who have gone through massive changes, and a lot of people have gone through a lot of changes in the past three years, three, four, five years, having that support system is imperative. I can't even imagine going through the things that I've gone through in the past five years without a strong support system of coaches and friends, both. They both serve different purposes, actually. 
if you're not familiar with the terms growth mindset versus fixed mindset, Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset, this new, the new psychology of success. And in it, she asks, what are the consequences of thinking that your intelligence or personality is something you can develop as opposed to something that is fixed, deep-seated, a deep-seated trait? She talks about seeking out people, again, a support system that will challenge you to grow instead of trying to convince yourself and others how great you are while desperately trying to hide your deficiencies. She says that's where most people come from in life. They don't want anybody to know that they're not as good as that as as they are. They, they, people think that other people are going to find out. This is the whole thing about imposter syndrome, right? Somebody's going to find out I'm not really as good as they think I am. And that is uh, that holds you back. There's a lot of fear in that. The people who thrive in life who end up saying, fuck being fine, I want more. Those are the ones who accept and even actively look for experiences that will stretch and strengthen them. That is the growth mindset of, all right, maybe I'm not good at this now, or maybe I'm scared of this taking this step now, and I can learn. I can figure this out. I can find somebody who can help me figure this out. Life is going to be scary whether you're proactively taking chances or sitting in your lounge chair worrying about what might come up. So it's up to you to determine whether you want to control what you can, which is your own thoughts, beliefs, and actions, or if you want to sit back and see what develops and hope it's to your liking. Either way, it's not up to anyone else to say what's right or wrong for you. It's up to you to feel out and hear the message from your soul about what's right for you. In upcoming episodes in 2024, we're going to be exploring more about these topics of change, control, and courage. In the meantime, if you are struggling right now with questions around making changes in your life or challenges around letting go of the need to control situations or other people or finding the courage to step into what's next for you, I have an invitation for you. I'm inviting you to come work with me in the 10-week Fuck Being Fine experience. This program is designed to help you achieve transformation quickly. So when once you get to the last week of 2024, you're looking back and you're seeing what giant strides you made, how proud of yourself you are. Where will you be in a year if you don't change the path you're on now? If you continue to frustrate yourself by trying to control what's not controllable, if you don't find the courage to follow your heart. I've heard that the, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. And the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. The unknown is dark. Like a cat, I can see in the dark, which is how I can lead you from it. Join a handful of others who are taking this journey and either go to zenrabbit.com or reach out to me directly to learn more. In the meantime, happy end of 2023. Happy trails, my friend. Wishing you the best of success in the coming year. Thank you so much for listening to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Lots more good stuff coming up in future episodes. Take good care. 
Thanks for listening to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow and share it with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to help others discover it too. You can find links to my socials on my website, zenrabbit.com. And before you go, take a moment to reflect on what you're grateful for today. Remember, you have the power to create a life you love, and I'm proud of you. Thanks for joining me. Take care.